Hamilfilm, Hamilcast. Uh, Hamilcast. Hamilfilm? That's a, that's, makes me feel like Hamil, like Hamil. I know, it, it, that's what it makes me think of too. Do you have a Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of the ECG Productions podcast. I'm Cameron Shaw, and with me is Mary Winter. Hi. And we're going to be talking about the new Hamill film production <laughs> of, of Hamilton that recently got released on Disney+. And uh, we're really excited to talk about this. Mary, you've got an extensive background in musical theater, which is a big reason why we wanted to hear, hear your thoughts on this. Absolutely. I have a degree in it. That's literally what I went to school for. Yeah. This is the first time I'm using it. Well, no, not really. <laughs> I've a- used it. But yeah, no, this is fun. Yeah. So first off, for a little background, for those of you who may not be aware, Hamilton was originally uh, bought by Disney uh, to be released in theaters in 2021 mm-hmm. uh, for a record-breaking amount of money. Um, and as a result, uh, rather, rather than uh, do that, as a result of COVID, they decided to stream it on Disney Plus much earlier. And so we've had a uh, a precipitous uh, rise in the in the uh, level of, of interest in Hamilton in recent weeks. Oh, so yes. we're going to talk about <laughs> the implications for uh, Disney Plus, uh, what it means for other, uh, you know, very well-known plays that we might see adaptations of and kind of some of the, uh, the renewed backlash that we're seeing also against Hamilton um, and some of its portrayals of these historical figures. Yeah, absolutely. I think... As a producer, my first thing when I heard that they were doing this was, oh, God, that sounds like such a hassle. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, all of these actors, all of the crew, all the stagehands, everybody has signed on to do Broadway, which means all of those contracts now need to be renegotiated if they're going to do any filming. It's a completely different contract. Obviously, they did it right. Um, I, I think they did a good job with it. They spent like $75 million to get it there. Beyond that, they did all of this to get it released in theaters. And now they're streaming, which means that was yet more negotiations because that's a different platform entirely uh, than they originally did that that talk for. So um, that was likely kind of a pain uh, to get all of that paperwork through and getting all that stuff happening. It's necessary, um, but... My producer brain is just like, oh my God, how many hours went into like negotiations and how did they get through all of that? Um, Obviously Disney's used to it, but I just can't imagine. And how do you choose like that edit? When you're watching a Broadway show, you look at what you want to look at. But when you watch a video of it, you're watching what the editor thinks you should be looking at. And it's so different than a film because a film is built... The, the direction is supposed to be that. You're supposed to see what the director wants you to see. And in a Broadway show, that's not really how it works. So you take a little bit of that freedom from the person watching. And I think that a lot of Broadway snobs really hate that, mm. um, for sure. I, I have definitely heard that as being something that people get annoyed at. But I still really think they did a really great job. Yeah, I mean, I I, I had never seen uh, Hamilton before, so this was actually a really great opportunity, uh, you know, for someone like me who'd been interested for a long time, but had never had the opportunity to actually watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as an editor, like it is, it is really interesting because uh, for those of you who don't know, what they did is they filmed uh, this. This the movie was compiled from three different performances uh, that they did over various nights with six cameras. Um, so I'd be, I'd be really interested to know, 
I because I would assume that with the, with the production that the blocking and mm-hmm. you know where everybody is and all the all the choreography is super super done up prior to the show ever going right. going live. Yeah, so that's like, all rehearsed. In theory, it should the continuity should be pretty easy, mm-hmm. I would think. You know, from from that perspective. But yeah, right. I hadn't even thought about the idea that like you can you know if you want to look at the background dancers and what mm-hmm. they're doing. That's one thing, but if you, you know now they're telling you, okay, no, you got to look at this, right? But I also think that's a double-edged sword because, oh, for sure. you know, at the same time that you're losing the ability to look where you want to, you're also gaining these really great close-ups. Absolutely, they give you a much higher level of intimacy with, you know, certainly the characters. I mean, mm-hmm. the one, the one that uh, really sticks out is Jonathan Groff as of King course. George, <laughs> with his just like spitting in his incredible crazy eyes. Oh yeah. Um that that he does and it's like that performance I think like obviously I haven't seen it on Broadway right. but like it's hard to imagine getting that level of connection and and comedy out of that. Oh yeah. uh without having those close-ups in there. Right. Absolutely. And even I mean close-ups of Hamilton, close-ups of George Washington those close-ups really portray a lot of emotion that um, if you're in the back row, you're not necessarily going to see quite the same way. Um, so obviously, I mean, when you're on Broadway, you're doing bigger stuff typically, like your your motions and things like that are bigger, and that's how they get that across. But it's just really interesting to see those close-ups because it just it gives even more emotion than they were already pouring into it. Um, it's really cool to see that. Yeah, I think that that was the other thing that stuck out to me was like I didn't, I was not prepared for the amount of little emotions that we got as a mm-hmm. result of watching it in in this format. Like I, because mm-hmm. I, I knew that like when you do things for the stage, you do it differently. You know, you you perform much bigger. You do these these larger kind of emotive things so that people in the cheap seats can see what what you're right. feeling. Um, but there are also, there is also a lot of nuance going on, mm-hmm. uh, that I thought, I thought that was really cool, um, to, to get a chance to see that. So I think on that level, it does work, oh, but sure. you are still losing something. And certainly the, the crowd aspect is, is something that we'll, we'll get into also. Uh, but, but for starters, um, I think most people are probably pretty familiar with the general story of Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you want to give us a quick rundown of sort of the the, the overall structure of it? Uh, so Hamilton as itself is basically the story of Alexander Hamilton and the founding fathers and the revolution in all of their, you know, glory, but also all of their faults. Um, it kind of shows, you know, some of the Hamilton's bad side a little bit. They definitely talk about cheating on his wife, which is a big thing. And I think a lot of people were a little shocked, I guess, to hear that because it's not necessarily something we hear when we're in school. Um, elementary school teachers aren't going to tell you, yeah, by the way, Hamilton cheated on his wife and it was kind of a big scandal. And we do that all with a very diverse cast, specifically cast uh, with minority actors, which I love. Um, that was just an excellent thing. I think a lot of these historical um, these historical plays and history on Broadway in general, people will say, oh, well, it's George Washington. So I've got to get a white guy who looks exactly like this and who is this size. And they just threw that out the window and they said, listen, we're going to, we're only going to cast black guys for George Washington. 
It was so refreshing to see an entire cast of people that were just so diverse. This is the most diverse I've ever seen Broadway. Um, and I, that's brilliant. I think in, in particular because we're talking about history and so many Broadway directors will say, well, this is historical, so I have to tell, like, this person's clearly white. And it's like, we don't actually have to do that. I think a lot of people assume that, oh, well, the, you know, the audience won't understand who this person is unless we make them white. And Hamilton proves that that's false. We were able to figure out, hey, that's George Washington, and that's Hamilton, and that's, you know, we knew who we were, who we were looking at. Um, and I think that that's a wonderful thing because, again, that's been rampant in Broadway. So yeah, so there's a really diverse cast. They're using, I would call, hip-hop inspired. There's some rap battle type stuff going on. Um, but this is all still very, very Broadway-esque. Um, it's very heavily influenced by Broadway, but there's also that hip-hop feel, which is, I think, something new for a lot of, especially Broadway people. Um, that's a really fun, fun kind of ad for that. Um, but yeah, they took history and they are telling it with minorities, with a hip-hop influence. And I think that that surprised a lot of people. Um, but but they did it really, really well. And I think that's why it was a hit. Um, a lot of the, you know, the rapping and back and forth, that was all very clever um, and funny. And I think that, that it needed to have that humor in there. Um, there's, a, there's a line, immigrants, we get the job done. And I thought that was hysterical. And a lot of people are really loving that. And, and we do have this pro-immigrant, pro-migrant, pro-abolition, you know, um, feeling from this, uh, from this musical. Um, again, the founding fathers were probably not abolitionists. Like, I don't think Hamilton was truly an abolitionist. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I honestly don't know, but I, I think there, there's certainly, I think from, from what I've mm -hmm. heard from Lynn Miranda, like he, he had sort of talked about it, but never really did anything. did anything, yeah. But at the same time, mm -hmm. like that line you pointed out about, uh, you know, immigrants would get the job done, I think goes back to the the really, really smart casting and sort of the, mm -hmm. the central conceit of the play where, or the musical where that line coming from a white actor would ring so hollow. Oh, yes. You know, and I think it the the general conceit of it and part of what gives it such energy is that it's it's really cool to hear these sort of things coming from people who haven't had the opportunity to, to say them before. Right. You know, we expect to hear them coming from, you know, the, the revolutionaries to be white. And when they're not, it, it really gives it an extra level of, of uh, power and, and uh, meaning, meaningfulness that, that I think is really, really good for the movie. Absolutely. And it bridges the history to what we're going through now, which is really, really nice. Um, we're dealing with immigration reform. We're dealing with all of that. And I think especially coming from Lin-Manuel Miranda is from New York, grew up in New York his whole life. His parents are immigrants. So he's seen this kind of struggle, but also, um, you know, you get that kind of melting pot feeling from New York. So I think it's it's a very telling addition. At the same time, you know, I think it's it's important to acknowledge that there is a lot of uh, backlash uh, going on around the play, uh, you know, because these these historical figures, as larger than life and and mythological as they appear, were slaveholders. You know, we obviously 
have a lot of things that we like about this play. And while we try to acknowledge the the issues with it, we encourage anyone who's listening to go and uh, do your own research and formulate your own opinions. So we've Absolutely. got some we've got some resor- uh, resources in the, in the show notes uh, mm-hmm. that we encourage people to go look at and hear the hear the different voices on on this issue. Um, and uh, and like I said, form, formulate your own opinions. Exactly. Exactly. And I think this play in particular, this show, at the end of it, everybody is very empowered by Eliza. We're like, oh, Eliza, she was she was the shining star in this. And I've already seen like children's books and stuff like that about Eliza. And I'm like, now we need to actually look into the history and actually talk about it. Um, because we're at a point where it's totally possible where everybody's going to be really loving on Eliza and then ignore all of the stuff that she did wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to bring all of that together. She was definitely flawed as everyone is. And we need to, we need to be honest with that um, when we're talking about our history in the future. Um, especially I was um, Ishmael Reed. Uh, I was reading something by Ishmael Reed and he was talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda is a product of public schools in the United States. So while Lin-Manuel Miranda did a ton of research, he's also a product of the research that we have available to us as our history, which is super whitewashed. So as a result, there's no Native American characters. There's no black characters, like specific black characters. They're all historical white people who are played by minorities. This again, proves that minorities can be put in any role and the audience will get it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do, I do want to hit on that at, uh, at a later point, but I want to, I want to turn uh, sort of from the, the cultural impact side of things to like from, from a technical perspective mm-hmm. as, as a, you know, someone with a, with a theater background, what is it about Hamilton that made it such a huge success? Like when it when it mm-hmm. were in its original run in 2015. I think the music, um, the music plays such a huge role. It is very very Broadway, but it also feels relevant and new, and I think that's really really important. They take musical themes like you would see in an opera or any other Broadway show, um, so you can hear when someone's coming on stage or. You, you know who's ta- who's going to be talking based on what that music melody comes through, um, which is really, I think, comforting for a lot of uh, people because we're so used to that being the case. Um, and it's kind of hard to do that when you're juggling so many characters and so many differing characters. Um, and they, they did that really, really well. The music is very, very moving. It's very, very relatable. People who like upbeat stuff have upbeat stuff. People who like... Ballads have ballads. I cannot stress enough, these actors were phenomenal. And that really does carry a show. And not to say that, you know, the show is in any way bad, but like these actors were so phenomenal that I think they could have sang about like a moth and people would have been loving it, you know? And the fact that they had then really clever lyrics and really, you know, cool music just amplified that. And then on top of it, the costumes were phenomenal. Um... You know, you have whitewashed hip hop, but you still have hip hop, which is kind of fun. Um, And it like I've never seen so many like older people who have never heard hip hop before be like, oh, no, that was really cool. I really enjoyed that. It's it's opening people's eyes. And I think that's really, really great. Um, The themes are always I mean, history makes people interested. I think we all know the baseline of this story, but then it's an interesting twist on the story. We're getting these real 
emotional, personal stories. And I think everybody really relates to that. And on top of that, we have some really cool story elements, like uh, using the bullet as a story element uh, in the show was really cool. So um, if you haven't seen it, there's a person in the background who plays the bullet, essentially. So if somebody shoots a gun, they then are, everybody freezes and they're there kind of showing you where that bullet is going. And they kind of work as an omen, even when they're not necessarily the quote unquote bullet. Um, when they show up, somebody dies, you know? Um, and that's, that's a really cool story element. And I don't think it's necessarily something that people would look at and see right away. But I think it's something that does almost like the, the musical themes, it kind of comforts you and you're like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I thought that there was, I mean, certainly everything you said, but like I, I'm as a, as a someone who's not super well-versed in Broadway, but I've seen, I've seen some plays. I thought that like stuff like The Bullet where they, they play with time in mm-hmm. a really interesting way uh, where I think other, I feel like a more traditional approach might've been to kind of have everyone reacting to songs like mm-hmm. like the song is kind of diegetic and and is part of the world whereas you have these moments with the bullet where it's like time has stopped or like what, what or I thought slowed. or yeah. slowed which I thought was super cool and really really well done mm-hmm. with the lighting and and just how everybody kind of moves in those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also thought that the uh, particularly the one that stuck out to me the most, and I was like, oh man, this like structurally is really cool um, and character wise is really cool is with when Angelica explains in in that song uh, what happened the night that that mm-hmm. her toast, that, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and her toast, I thought was like such an incredible, like an incredibly creative way to show that because mm-hmm. I watched that scene and I was like, oh, that, that was kind of weird how that all played out. And then to go back in time, which I mean, the, the, the music there was really cool and how, how they kind of signaled that. Um, but mm-hmm. I had, I hadn't ever seen something, um, really sig- either signal so clearly or um or do so sort of boldly a not not just a flashback mm-hmm. but but play with time and tell a story in a nonlinear way uh in a, in a, in way a musical that we get, yeah that we, that we understand and it was so clear mm-hmm. and i thought that was that was something that i was like whoa okay this isn't just you know catchy songs and and you know sort of a I think in the in the most cynical terms, maybe like a provocative take on mm-hmm. a, on a on a historical thing, but like they were doing things that I hadn't seen before on a just a, a story level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they're the fresh take, re, like everything played, it 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 was stacked on itself, mm-hmm. right? It just Absolutely. it just kept building because this the, the pr- approach opened so many doors, mm-hmm. and to be able to do that in film. I mean, we have a million ways we can do that in film, but to do that on stage is a lot harder um, because, again, you have to take the audi- the audience with you, um, and it can be really, really hard to kind of play with time like that and have people understand where you are and what time is happening because, I mean, you can't just change somebody's outfit. You know, you can't. 
I right. mean, you could. You can't. It's a lot harder. You to can't do. do the memento thing where you know right. it's like half of it's black and white, half of it's in color, and you right. kind of get where you are. <laughs> exactly. Um, but that was kind of the feel it gave me. Was it that did. was that the kind of just that. like, whoa, okay, we're in a totally different place right mm-hmm. now. Um, and it was so quick and it was so clever. And then the part of it uh, as that that um, I thought was also really cool was this the rotating floor mm-hmm. that they have, mm-hmm. and they use it to such great effect. Oh yeah. Um, that I, I thought like I, I don't know how common that sort of thing is um, in theater, uh, but I, I thought it was a really really cool element that that, that mm-hmm. they just like used it to its absolute max. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, other shows have used it, but I think they used it really well um, to tell the story. And I think that some shows you'll see, they'll throw an element uh, to the scenery that's just really cool, but they really used it and and it was ingrained in the in the storytelling. And I think that's where I think a lot of people were excited about it. Mm-hmm. So with all that in mind, um, you know, obviously all I think all of these things helped make Hamilton a success when you when you translate it into into a, a, a video format versus a live production. Um, but do you feel like it is uniquely suited to this kind of uh, to this kind of treatment? Or do you think that like we're gonna see a lot more of this and are there other plays in particular that you think are are ideally suited uh, for this kind of like, you know, multi-cam kind of Super Bowl halftime show. I, I heard one yeah. one critic <laughs> described it like uh, approach to shooting a show like this. I think we're going to see it more. Um, I think it's pretty clear that people want to see Broadway and Broadway is really hard for a lot of people to get. Um, it's, it's not exactly accessible to most people. Um, if you're going to fly to New York or if you're going to fly to San Francisco or you're going to fly to a major area, then that's fine. But... Um, that takes money and that takes time and that takes a whole lot of stuff. And Broadway's not cheap. So I think getting Broadway into people's homes and, and allowing them to do that, I think we're seeing that, um, I want to say NBC was doing a lot of live Broadway um, reenactments. Yeah. I haven't loved those. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that was, I haven't loved them. Um, I love you, Christopher Walken. It's true. <laughs> Don't, um, don't at me. It's not <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world. I think they're just getting the hang of it. And I think live in particular is really, really difficult um, to do with that. But I do think that we've reached a point in technology, especially with film, where our cameras are getting smaller. Um, they're getting a little bit cheaper. Not to say that cameras are cheap, but I mean, we can have three or four of them running at the same time or six of them running at the same time. And and yes, it's going to be a huge budget, but it's not going to be impossible anymore. And I think that's really going to be the difference. Um, I think that's going to make the difference. I think for years, people were trying to do it with like a three camera format. And I don't think that works for for anybody. Um, I, well, I think it works for some film stuff, but um, or from some TV stuff, but I don't think it works for Broadway. And I think that we're now able to kind of get in and really see how we can play with the stage. I'm, I'm really interested to see future productions that really play with the set. Um, I think we were able to see a lot of the set in this, and I would love to see more of that. Um, I think 
it'll be really interesting to see some of the behind the scenes stuff. I think they're probably going to release that soon, which would be cool. Having those crews, having the Broadway crew and the film crew kind of interacting, I think will be useful in that next step when we're seeing this. Because I do think, I mean, this this worked out for Disney+. Plus. They spent $75 million, but a bunch of people bought Disney Plus, you know? Yeah, I mean, the the statistics for this are, are you know, very notable in that I think subscriptions for Disney Plus have gone up 74% just in that weekend versus the entire month, the average from the entire month of June. So, like, people got Disney Plus specifically to specifically watch to this, this um, which I do think is really notable. Um, and obviously, you know, I... I don't know the numbers precisely. I'm going to guess that uh, the amount of money that Disney would have gotten from a theatrical run of Hamilton is a lot more than they're getting doing this. Right. But I think this it, it, it is definitely symbolic of a, a want, you know, particularly Absolutely. for this show. Um, but I do think you're right that, like, the, the availability of Broadway um, – is something that I think a lot of people want. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've loved all the Broadway shows that I've gone to, but all of them were when I lived in New York. I don't live right. in New York anymore. And I can't really, you know, see uh, an instance where I'm going to go to New York, you know, in the future, hopefully when we have a COVID vaccine and, and specifically to see a Broadway play. Right. You know, and I think there's probably a lot of people who, who feel that way. Unless they, unless they, do like aliens. I could, I could get, <laughs> I could get real into that, but, um, be careful what you wish for. Kim. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very true. Uh, if it was good, you right, know, right. If, if, if someone can give me like a really, really good aliens musical, then I will, I will fly to New York to I'm watch it. it on Broadway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that is, that is a barrier for a lot of people. And even if like they have touring shows and we, you know, it toured through Atlanta and those tickets sold out really quickly and they were really expensive, at least for, you know, my frugal self, Um, they're they're expensive. Tickets to shows are expensive. Um, So not everybody has the ability to do that. And I think that it's really great that we're seeing, we're seeing that kind of come to our, our screens. And of course, watching it on TV is not going to be the same as being in there in person. You know, there's a different, energy to a live show. And that's why they're still surviving. That's why we've had TV for, you know, how many years and people still go see live. We've had radio for how many years and people still go see concerts and that we're not going to be able to necessarily get that feeling at home. But I mean, we get pretty close and we're getting even more close now that the technology is getting better and better, which is really, really cool. Yeah. I think like, you know, you, you, you have, I think part of what makes it this so successful is that six camera setup where you mm-hmm. uh, you know you have cameras that are matching what the emotions of the scene are in a way that they would in a in an actual production. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, you have King George walk up and you have this super low angle shot of him making him look kind of really big but also kind of overblown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really effective. You have the shot reverse shot, you have close-ups um, with these super long lenses. Um, and and I think that like the the ability to have all those cameras and really shoot it in a way that feels more cinematic um, is is really essential to this kind of thing, you know, rather than just being like, you know, here's a wide, here's the play, watch it like, 
you are in, you know, in the the mezzanine or whatever. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of the renditions in the past were like that because they were afraid to make those cuts, I think, because people get so angry when you make them. Um, Or because there's not necessarily that thought that goes into it. I mean, whoever's making this play is they're into this show, right? And that's where their head's at. If you can have a separate team who is really into making this really, really great cinema-wise, and they have that separate set of expertise, they're going to bring value. You're having people who are actually planning, hey, how are we going to get this shot? How is this going to look? And that that makes a huge difference. And I think we're seeing that in this rendition of this. So when when we, do, we talk about, you know, the potential impact or, or, you know, where Hamilton sort of fits in terms of bringing more Broadway to, to the small screen. Uh, first of all, are there any other plays, any other sh- musical shows that you are like, oh, this is like dying for this kind of adaptation? Uh, yes, but it's older, so it probably won't get it. Um, I really, really liked Thoroughly Modern Millie. And I think that that would be really cool with this really cool cinematic um, treatment. I think that would be cool. I think we would see some really cool stuff with, I mean, even the smaller, and I don't I don't know that you would call these guys Broadway. They're like Blue Man Group kind of stuff, like where you can get really cinematic with them. I feel like that particular show, because it's so visual, would be really cool to play around with. I'll, I'll throw one out there that I know next to nothing about, but a friend of mine recommended to me mm-hmm. uh, who found out we were doing this podcast, which is there is a musical version of Beetlejuice, which may be common yes. knowledge to a lot of people, but was not to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've heard that it's excellent and technically uh, a, a triumph. Absolutely. Uh, so I've uh, obviously... Beetlejuice already a movie, which and again I, would be you know, cool. and I think I think it lends itself to that kind of you know when when I hear mm-hmm. it's a you know it's a technical triumph of the theater I think like that's something that I think people aren't totally familiar with mm-hmm. um, you know we we hear about you know there's film technical triumphs and they're very easy to see but I think like having that accessibility of like, oh man, they did something really cool that no one else has been able to see before. And actually having that be something that people can see all over the place mm-hmm. is, uh, is, is valuable. So it's like, you know, you're it's still, you know, you can watch Beetlejuice the movie and then you can watch Beetlejuice the, the musical and kind of make a comparison and see, you know, what, mm-hmm. what's cool about both. I think, I think mm-hmm. it, it lends itself to a, more love of the theater mm-hmm. in that way. Absolutely. Um, and so do you, do you think that this will have like a renewed impact on theater? Because obviously, you know, I'll let you speak to it a little bit, but theater has, has uh, been hit uh, pretty hard recently. Oh, definitely. I mean, Broadway's dark. That like is, that never happens. Um, and it's been dark for months now. Um, and there's no looking back. I mean, I think they're going to be closed until 2021 at minimum. Um, so when we think about that, I mean, I, I see this and I'm hopeful that this will kind of spark in a new generation and in a new set of people that need to kind of go see live shows because there are, I mean, when we talk about Broadway going dark. Everybody thinks about the actors. Oh, I love that one actor. And, you know, they're probably starving now or whatever. 
But we're also not just thinking about the actors. We have to think about the stagehands. We have to think about the lighting designers and, I mean, the costumers. And not just the people who are directly involved with the show, but the people, the supporting people around there. There are fabric stores in the city that are definitely being hit now. You know, I mean, they would have been they would have been providing these costumers with their stuff, and they're they're not getting the volume that they would have gotten. It's it's just huge. It's so hard hitting. Just like any industry, this is an industry. And it has not only the Broadway industry of the actors, the directors, the cast, the crew. It also has the, you know, the studio managers and everything like that. Like everybody who works at the unions. I mean, this is this is huge and far-reaching. And so I'm really hoping that this does help with that. Um, but I think it will. I think that there are so many people that are so into this that that that, that will. And a lot of Hamilton is built on, there's a lot of nods to other shows in Hamilton. And I think that that will help because people who get really into Hamilton will then find out, hey, Sondheim did this other thing. And, you know, now there's this other show that I'm really into and they're going to kind of ping pong back and forth to other shows and kind of widen that, um, that net and see newer things. Yeah. I think that like the, the translation of the musical to, uh, to film has been like, a conundrum, shall mm-hmm. we say, for Hollywood for for a long time, mm-hmm. and I, I think it, it'll be interesting because I, I think you, you could argue that it's been done. Uh, you know, uh, Lindsay Ellis on on YouTube is, has you know made a lot of videos about this, but I think you could argue that it's been done successfully, like maybe a couple of times. Yeah, like, I mean, they've been filming Broadway for right. ever. I mean, there's uh, the New York Public Library has. Um, I can't remember what that specific library is called, but it's in um, Lincoln Center. Um, there's a library right next to the Met and they have archives of all the Broadway shows. I mean, I don't know exactly how far they go back, but they go back pretty far. So, but they're specifically were taped for people who wanted to see what the show was, right. who, who were learning about it it's rather like, than an audience. Right. It's, it's, it's the, you know, here's our archival footage of exactly. this show, you know, not, we want you to experience this show this exactly. way. And, you know, I, I think like, I mean, you look at sort of failed attempts at musicals and certain things that, got maybe some success. You know, you look mm-hmm. at Les Mis, uh, which, right. you know, obviously got some success, but also has a lot of, uh, a lot haters. of people who <laughs> really did not like it and certainly <laughs> has its flaws in it. And then you have, you know, cats. <laughs> which also has its haters. I mean, you're going to get that with everything, but it's, it's really, really difficult to do an adaptation Especially because a lot of these shows, like Cats, you have people who love Cats because it is their first show that they ever saw, and they saw it on Broadway, and nothing that film does can ever bring that to them. I think that that's something that Hamilton did really well. They kept it a stage version. They did a cinematic cut of a stage version, and I think that that helps. Because when you go from, when you adapt it from a stage play and from a stage show, musical to a film, you can take all sorts of liberties because you can tell the story very, very differently in film. But if people really, really loved the stage version, they're not going to like that film. 
And you're not going to get the same storytelling that we were just talking about on the round table where they're going back and forth with that time. Right. Because there's no way if you have a film that that's how they're going to use that. Right. They're not and going to tell time in the same way. It's not going to come across the same way at exactly. all. I think like, I mean, you, you talk about like, there, there's very famous, uh, you know, sort of examples of this. Like, I think one that I always think about is like the producers, right? Exactly. Which, which, you know, it was a movie first and then it became a, a musical and then it, it got sort of readapted as a movie version of that musical that kind of tried to bring it into, into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I believe the director that they got for that was the, the person who directed it on Broadway. And it mm-hmm. looks uh, at times, especially like, like a set, it's on stage. like a set. Yeah. And I think that like what the it, watching Hamilton, I think what the coolest part about it was that it it didn't feel like they were trying to bring a movie onto Broadway or, Mm -hmm. or take something that was made for Broadway and and make it a movie. It felt like the movie was sort of celebrating what was cool about the Broadway show. Exactly. And I think that is where it, it was successful in a way that many of these other adaptations have failed where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they have this idea that like, you know, it needs to be something different because Broadway doesn't translate and clearly or, it does. And, and I, th- I think here, here it does because you got an opportunity to see like the set design and mm-hmm. the, and the way, that, you know, things move and the way that the actors move and how it all makes this show, which I think is a mm-hmm. credit to, you know, cert- certainly the, the camera work and also the sort of the creation of the play itself, mm-hmm. um, that it, that it worked so well. Um, in that, in that way. So with that in mind, there is talk of Hamilton, uh, in the Emmys. It's not eligible for the Oscars because the Oscars have rules against, uh, recorded stage production mm-hmm. that they can't include it. Um, and even the Emmys have a lot of restrictions about whether, what categories, mm-hmm. uh, Hamilton would be eligible for. Right. It's uh, it would have to go into the outstanding variety special pre-recorded, not, right? Because and it wasn't, not, yeah, and it's not, not live, TV movie, not, mm-hmm. um, and none of the songs are eligible for Emmys because they would have to be, have been heard for the first time as part of the TV gotcha. production of it. So otherwise, they they come off as adapted, even though they're right. coming from the same source. So it's not eligible for all these categories, but it could win in the Outstanding variety special pre-recorded category, mm-hmm. um, which I, I would argue, you know, it, it there's a, there's a category for it. Uh, right. Springsteen on Broadway uh, won, mm-hmm. I believe, uh, when when it was had its run. Like that's really mm-hmm. what it's for. Um, but I think is is it, it's worth entertaining the idea. Like if if it was available mm-hmm. to be, you know, in the TV movie category. Would you want it there? I kind of like that it's its own, that it's in its own category um, because I think TV movies, and it's the same kind of stuff that we were talking about before, they're done differently. It's a different way to tell the story. So I, I do kind of like that it's on its own category. That being said, I, I think that I'll get some hate for that because I know people want it to get all the recognition. But I do, I like that it's separate, especially because it gives us the ability to not pitted against something that it couldn't have been. 
it is a stage production. So it, it can't go against technical stuff that an animation can do, for instance, or that somebody who's using heavy CGI could do, you know, um, you don't want to necessarily pit those against each other because they're both very impressive, but they're not the same thing. Right. Apple and oranges. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. I, th- I yeah. think like it, it is, it is very successful in that it is a, a celebration of a musical that, you know, certainly lots and lots of people really enjoy, you know, uh, you know, opinions, opinions differ, obviously, hit, every, yeah. but, but it's a hit. And I think it, it succeeds in, in this sense that it is a, a very good celebration of, of what it is. Absolutely. Um, and but it's no, not, it's not something else. It's not exactly. a, it's not a movie version of Hamilton. It mm-hmm. is Hamilton adapted in a way that allows it to, to be seen uh, for, for what it is on the small screen, mm-hmm. um, which is not to say that, I mean, it has tons of value, I think, in right. that way. And I think that we'll see more certainly attempts at this uh, in the future. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sort of interested to see where it goes next Absolutely. and and towards what kind of shows we see getting adapted and mm-hmm. how successful they are. Um but I think I think it's it's it is successful in that realm. It Absolutely. is not it is not a not a movie and shouldn't be seen as one. Yeah, I make it I make it more hate than you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's but it's true. It's not a movie. Well, uh, any any closing thoughts on this, Mary? I think Hamilton is a hit for a lot of different reasons. I think it hits so many different, really, really great pillars of what a Broadway show can and should be. I think it opens the door for a lot of cool new stuff to be coming through in the future, which is really, really excellent. I mean, that being said, it's been five years. So I'm interested to see kind of what starts coming out now because it will have taken quite some time to, to make the new stuff. So we should be seeing that sooner rather than later. Um, I think they did an excellent job making this into a video format. I was very skeptical going into it and I am not anymore. Um, I love the fact that they chose to release it on the 4th of July this year. I think that was a great choice of theirs. And I feel bad for all the lawyers and all of their paper pusher types who had to deal with so much paperwork because I'm sure there was a ton of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that you mentioned the contracts. That was something I hadn't even thought about. It was just oh, yeah. like converting all of those must be a total nightmare. Mm-hmm. And that is why you are a producer <laughs> and I am not. <laughs> And uh, I, I want to thank you for joining me on this podcast. Absolutely. And I, I had a lot of fun. Um, if you haven't seen Hamilton yet, uh, you should try to check it out because it's it's worth watching uh, and forming your opinion on. For sure. Uh, don't take our word for anything. Uh, go out and, and get your information and see what you think. Absolutely. And we'll leave some links in the show notes. Yes, indeed. All right. For uh, Mary Winter, I'm Cameron Shaw signing off from ECG Productions and uh, have a great day. Bye.